Welcome to DC Schmooze with OU Advocacy. We're getting to know some of our nation's elected leaders and learning about their policy goals. Join us as we dive in. Very pleased to be here with Congresswoman Kathy Manning from the great state of North Carolina. Now in your second term. Well, as of January 3rd, I'll be in my second term. Almost in your second term. <laughs> yep. You've been reelected to your second term. Thankfully. Um, and uh, and, and for, for folks who are part of the OU network, candidly, they might be a little less familiar with the Jewish community of North Carolina. Um, so maybe you could just say, you know, a few sentences about what the community's like there and, uh, and, and what makes it interesting to be a Jewish member of Congress from North Carolina. Well, actually, I am the first Jewish person ever elected to Congress from the state of North Carolina. And I live in Greensboro. I've lived there for the past 35 years, I think. Uh, when I moved to Greensboro, which is my husband's hometown, I was surprised to find what a vibrant and active Jewish community we have there. We, when we moved there, uh, we, have, we continue to have, and had at the time, a very active Jewish federation, two very active congregations. Uh, we have a Jewish day school my kids went to that was preschool through uh, eighth grade. We did have a Jewish or high school boarding school for a while that is on hiatus for now, but it actually has been a very, very active Jewish community. And we've had leaders in national organizations come out of our Greensboro Jewish community. Including yourself, having previously chaired the Jewish Federations of North America. Yes, I was the first woman to chair the board of the Jewish Federations of North America. I was also the founding chair of PRISMA, a, an organization that assists Jewish day schools uh, all, of all de denominations across the country. My husband was the chair of uh, the board of the Board of Governors of Hillel International. And um, many members of our community have been very active in APAC for many years. So the brings up an interesting question uh, folks might be interested in. You, you, again, you were, you were a national leader in the Jewish community uh, in your role in JFNA and, and as you mentioned, Prisma. Um, so what, what motivated you to jump into electoral politics and want to be a member of Congress? So in my experience working in the Jewish world, I saw the kinds of positive impact good government could have on communities. And I also spent, in addition to working in the Jewish world, I spent a lot of time working in the nonprofit sector in the general community in Greensboro and spent years working to improve to improve our community, to improve access to healthcare, to improve access to education, also to make our community a more vibrant place by working with the business community and the nonprofit sector to um, to create things that would make our community more attractive, both to the business community and also to young people looking to build their families and careers. And I I decided I could do. I could be more impactful representing my community in Congress. And and have you found that to be the case? There are a lot of ways we've been able to have impact. 
the last con this this 117th Congress was particularly impactful. Some of the we passed an enormous amount of le very significant legislation, whether it's the um, American Rescue Plan, which helped us uh, put in place a process to have the vast majority of American Americans vaccinated. It uh, saved uh, thousands and thousands of businesses across the country with PPP loans. It eventually helped us get kids back to school safely. It also put into place um, uh, funding that allowed people to stay in their housing, kept people from, from being thrown out of their homes who, whose salaries dried up when 20 million people were lost their jobs, kept people from, we, we never saw the kinds of bread lines during the pandemic that we saw during the Great Depression because there were opportunities uh, to provide food for people who were really in trouble. So the American Rescue Plan, I think, really helped us help our communities and keep people safe. The bipartisan infrastructure law is having a huge impact on communities all across the country. I see it when I try to drive down roads that are now being rebuilt, bridges, bridges being rebuilt. We're, we're seeing the expansion of broadband, and I don't think people realized how important it was to have access to the internet before the, many people did, but not everybody understood the importance of having access to the internet before the pandemic, when all of a sudden kids had to learn online, people had to run their businesses online, people had to have, had to have meetings online. And we finally got people to understand that being able to do telemedicine was a great way to help people stay healthy when they couldn't get out to visit their doctors. So that had a huge impact. Those are just two of the things that we did where I felt like we really were able to have a lasting impact on our communities. Yeah, and, and, and I'll just say from from our perspective, those packages you mentioned, uh, as you described, Heather, important for broad swaths of American society. Um, there are aspects of them which particularly uh, we at OU Advocacy worked for in partnership with JFNA and others uh, to benefit our, our, our communities, the Jewish communities, uh, across the country, whether it's the uh, the PVP loans that you mentioned to make sure uh, nonprofits, including synagogues and day schools, could access those, um, we're very proud that in the in the Amer in the infrastructure bill, we created a new um, grant program for nonprofits to help them make their buildings more energy efficient. We're still waiting for the energy department to roll that out, <laughs> which has been taking far too long, uh, but we're hopeful that'll come next year. Um, and so, and so, um, there, there are ways that it, that it's supporting the Jewish community alongside other communities as well. So thank you for that. Just to go back though, uh, to your district for one more moment, um, again, you, you described how it's a vibrant Jewish community. Uh, it's probably also a relatively small Jewish community. It is a very, and so I'm curious to know how, how, how have you encountered, um, non-Jewish constituents in your district and, and what are they? What do they say to you? What do they think about your, um, you know, your being a Jewish person who happens to, who's their representative and, and how you talk about your Jewish values, obviously, so openly? So, first of all, I learned long ago that when you live in the Bible Belt, I think people really have respect for people of faith. And so the fact that I am a person of faith um, I think is viewed as something positive. Greensboro is also somewhat unique in that the Jewish community uh, or prominent Jews were 
were involved in the business sector of Greensboro from the late 1800s. The Cone Mill, which was one of the major employers in Greensboro, was built by Moses and Caesar Cone. Clearly, their mother had big things in mind for their for her sons. Um, and the and the Cones were not only uh, big employers, and but they also were very community minded, and they built schools and churches and YMCA's for their workers to improve their workers' lives. So I think members of the Jewish community have been um, instrumental in the growth in in the building and growth of Greensboro. Greensboro also has a very large Quaker population. So it's it perhaps it's somewhat unique in the South in that um, I believe it's been accepting of Jews um, for many, many years. When I talk to my, most of the time I spend in my district is talking with non-Jewish members of the, because most of my constituents are not Jewish. And the interesting thing is that the Jewish values I have that impact everything I do are also American values. Uh, the emphasis on the importance of education, on the importance of people to be able to um, earn a good living and support their families, um, the welcoming of the stranger, the idea that every person is um, created in the image of God and deserves respect and dignity. Those are Jewish values, but they're also American values. And so when I talk about my faith, I talk about it in ways that I think is um, accessible to all of my constituents. That's great. One more thing. One more thing I'll have to add to that, because this is the one that I usually talk about, is the, sure. the, no, the notion of justice and the notion that it's not ju it's justice, justice you shall pursue, which our rabbis say that the word justice is repeated twice because of how important it is. And that's something that I we work on in many different facets in Congress. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. And that's that's very encouraging to hear, you know, especially as as you well know, you're one of you're one of the leaders in Congress. Um, fighting against the current rise of anti-Semitism, um, and something we at the OU and, and across the Jewish community are obviously very, very concerned about. Um, we're living in this interesting, if I can use that word, moment. Right on the one hand, uh, last night the Vice President of the United States hosted a Hanukkah party at her official residence. Tonight, the President of the United States is going to host a Hanukkah party at his official residence. Um, you know, uh, people uh, on the Republican side of the, of the aisle are doing similar things. It's 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 a time in which leadership um, at the highest levels of government in the United States um, openly welcome and embrace the Jewish community. Yet at the same time, um, the statistics and 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 anecdotes, uh, if you will, all show this this rise in anti-Semitism. Um, how are you thinking about it? How do you think? people in the community should be thinking about the sort of, I don't know, schizophrenic moment that we're in as an American Jewish community. And, and, and what are you thinking about in terms of what you might do as a leader in the, you know, when the calendar turns to the, to the new session of Congress next year? So I think you, you, you describe it in a very appropriate way. And I just read an article uh, that pointed out that we always focus on the negatives, uh, like the rise in anti-Semitism, the rise in hate crimes, the rise in not just attacks on on Jews and attacks on violent attacks on sy synagogues and deaths in synagogues, um, but 
really hateful language, uh, anti-Semitic language and, and conspiracy theories being spouted by uh, um, people in the entertainment industry who have millions of followers. On the other hand, as you say, we do have people at the highest levels of our government who are reaching out to the Jewish community and including the Jewish community. Um, so I, it's important to keep both of those things in mind, but I do think that the rise in anti-Semitism is real and frightening, and it's also global. And I think we have to look at the fact that the internet allows uh, anti-Semites to, uh, to spread anti-Semitism, to spread conspiracy theories, and we need to take those threats very, very seriously. I've already, I've only taken over my role as co-chair of the bipartisan task force to combat anti-Semitism. I took it over a couple of weeks ago, and we've already had three very important meetings. Uh, one, one of them was with two uh, British members of parliament, and one of them said something so interesting. We, we learned all about the things that they do to address anti-Semitism. And of course they had it at the governmental le level in the Labor Party. And one of the things that this particular member of parliament said was that many members of parliament fall into anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories unintentionally because they are not well educated. And they go down that rabbit hole on the internet where they see article after article or post after post of conspiracy theories. And the more they see, the more they find them believable. So one of the things that he said that they've done in the parliament is they've instituted uh, an anti-Semitism um, learning session that all new members of parliament have to go through. And I thought that was really interesting. That's something we'll be talking about. I also met with a group of Germans, some nonprofit leaders, some elected officials who are who talk to me about how they're addressing anti-Semitism in Germany, uh, where we have both the growth of the Jewish community and the growth of anti-Semitism. And it's coming um, from a variety of populations. And they're also looking to share best practices and work together. And then last week, I, I um, presided over a meeting with two top-level uh, deputy assistant directors from the FBI. And it just happened that the meeting took place the day after the FBI released its 2021 hate crime statistics. It was, it was a, I guess, a lucky coincidence that meeting had been planned for a couple of weeks. And we had very good attendance, including attendance by Hakeem Jeffries, who was our um, future uh, minority leader, I guess is the, what the title will be. And uh, Jerry Nadler was there. He's uh, the head of the Judici Judiciary Committee. We had a lot of members show up. And what I was able to ask these uh, two top people at the FBI about was the fact that the report, we know that there is rising anti-Semitism, and yet these reports had no data whatsoever from New York City, Los Angeles, or the state of Florida. And that, that also saw, almost sounds like the the beginning of a bad joke about how you assess the rise of anti-Semitism. Now, how can you even begin to do that with no data from some of the large cities that have the largest Jewish populations? And one of the one of the things that happened in the year reported is all, everybody had to start using a a new reporting system. It was actually introduced in the 80s 
but only in 2015 did the FBI announce that by 2021, all reporting of hate crimes would have to be done through this new system. And what we saw was there hasn't been very good compliance with that system. So we asked them a lot of questions about why that lack of reporting took place, what were the hurdles, what could be done to improve that. And I asked them to come back to us in the first quarter of 2023 to give us updates and to push to try to get more reporting from those larger communities, because I don't want to wait until December of 2023 to find out that the problem hasn't been solved. That's very important. Thank you so much for for shining a light on that and and, and for pushing for concrete action. Um, uh, we just have a couple minutes left. Let's 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 shift uh, maybe to some uh, some more pleasant fare in the f- spirit of Hanukkah. Um, what what what's one of your favorite things to do on Hanukkah? Oh, I mean, you got to have potato lights. Well, uh, well to, to, to be with friends, to light the menorah, and to uh, to eat potato latkes. It's not something that we eat throughout the year. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, you know, go to, I, I like to go to all the Hanukkah parties I get invited to and, and uh, celebrate with people. You, you, you did just open the door to the classic debate of latkes versus hamantaschen. Uh, I, I, Dare to ask you, it's like asking a politician about, you know, dogs versus cats and things like that. But... Yeah, I, I once, my, my synagogue once had a debate. We held a debate on uh, hamantaschen versus latkes. I was on the debate team, but honestly, I can't remember which side of the debate I took. Uh, I will tell you, I enjoy a good hamantaschen <laughs> just like any other uh, uh, good Jew, but you get more toppings with um with latkes. So I, I might, at this moment, at this season of the year, I'm going to have to go with uh, latkes. That, may, that, that, that makes sense. And and will you be able to, uh, you know, Congress is uh, racing to get the omnibus appropriations bill done. Well, do you think you'll be able to get it done in time to get home to North Carolina for, for Bartosanica? I certainly hope so. I It might surprise you to know that I'm not actually in charge of those negotiations. Uh, I'm just, it's just a matter like, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting like all the other uh, lowly first-year members of con- first first-term members of Congress, waiting to find out: Will we get home, and uh, and will we get to vote on something that's just so critically important for the American people? I hope we I hope we will have a happy ending to this story. Well, thank you so much for spending a little time with us, Congresswoman Kathy Manning. We really appreciate it, and uh, I was wish you a really festive and happy Hanukkah. And thank you for spending some of your time and sharing sharing your experiences and thoughts with the Orthodox Union community. Always a pleasure. Hug some air. <laughs>